I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey, this is Schmeens from Lettuce, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. I'm excited to bring you this week's episode Uh, For those of you who are familiar with me, you've heard me talk about my musical tastes and history. You know that I'm a funk fan from day one before I got into hip hop as a a young one. I was into funk and soul and that's been uh, throughout my entire life has been with me. So today's guest is Adam, a.k.a. Schmeens from the band Lettuce. If you don't know Lettuce, it's a six piece funk band. Uh, Grammy nominated this year, 2020, in the Best Contemporary Instrumental Album category for their album Elevate. And they have a new record that I'm going to play some snippets of. Um, just came out called Resonate. And um, man, this dude is a great example of what we talk about on this show of creating your life around your passion. Uh, the, the band is, is six amazing musicians. Their live show is off the hook. And he's got some important lessons for us about teamwork, about the trust that these guys develop because they're all at the top of their game. So they know that everybody's going to deliver. They're going to push each other. They're going to challenge each other um, and they're going to get the best out of each other. He's got some great stories about that. He also teaches us some lessons about really understanding the audience and how they're learning to connect with the audience in different ways because they're old school and now... Uh, some of that old school stuff doesn't work because we can't get out there. They can't get out there around the world and play for fans live. So they're figuring out how to do it. Uh, we got a great episode coming up. Let's check out Ndugu off the new album Resonate right now.
Cool, dude. It's great to meet you. I um, been uh, I've been bumping your music all week, and and uh, it's it's been it's been great. It's a nice. It's a, it's been a good soundtrack to uh, to sitting at home and needing to entertain my brain. Well, I mean, anything we could do during a time like this, you know. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad anything helps. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, well, cool. Well, uh, you know, I'm excited to learn about what you guys are up to and and how you've been making this work and and all that stuff. Um, you know, I think I think really just like the rest of us, we're all just trying to approach this in the healthiest manner that we can. You sure. know, um, individually that you know we're all human and we're all gonna have some days where like you know it feels like the walls are crashing in around us but yeah of course most of the time i think if if you can focus on the tasks at hand rather than the big picture mm -hmm. which is something that uh mr deitch said the other day and i, I actually really appreciated it um sometimes the big picture in this situation is a little too, too intense and and so if you could focus on the things, the tasks that you, that you whether it's like cleaning your house, whether it's right. writing a new piece of music, whether it's, you know, focusing on the next video that's going to be released from our new record, you know, stuff like that. Just anything that's going to keep you kind of occupied, whether it's making a meal, yeah. cooking in and really getting into it. I don't know. I just think that like all those little things add up and, you know, then your day is done and you go to sleep. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Right. And like, you know, there's so much that that's out of our control that we tend yeah. to worry about. And, um, and sometimes, right. It's, it's just a matter of focusing on what you, what you can control, what you can get done and, and, you know, kind of create momentum that way. Exactly. So, uh, if you don't mind, I mean, I, lo I love to kind of dig into to your story and the story of lettuce a little bit and, you know, how, how you got to this point. Um, do you remember? Yeah, a lot of luck, a lot, lot, lot of good luck. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's uh, always a big part of it. Um, let's go back to the very beginning. Do you remember the first record that you ever bought for yourself? not the first record i bought for myself um what about like the first first I, record I, that I, you I fell in love with you know I, I i went through i went through some troubled periods as a kid uh i, w I was dealing with uh, i have alopecia universalis uh which is like where all your hair falls out and that started for me as like a 12 12, 13, right? So I was dealing with like a lot of issues. I was hanging out with some bad kids. There was this one kid I was hanging out with who eventually went to jail. Uh, and we, uh, he was like five years older than me and I was just following his lead and I probably shouldn't have done it. But that, that day we were, we were opening up cars that were unlocked and taking the cassette tapes. From sure. And then we had a, a bounty of cassette tapes at the end of the day. And um, 
I remember looking at one of his cassettes he had over on his side and being like, oh, that one. That's the one I'm supposed to get over there, too. Uh, and it was Led Zeppelin four. Okay. And I was like, I'll trade you these. I don't even know what tapes it was. I'll trade you these three tapes for that. one." <laughs> right. So I don't know. That sticks out in my mind. There was yeah. a lot of, there was a lot of time for me during that period where I was up in my room alone. I had headphones. I had a CD player and uh, I was just trying to, search out as much music as I could back then essentially and just listen to it and try and escape from my own reality. Uh, You know, at times wasn't very pleasant all the time during, during that period of my life. Well, I mean, Zeppelin four is a great place to start a musical journey for sure. Sure. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it wasn't where I started. I just remember that happening. There's, there's a couple significant, albums that kind of like take place in my life i think that's a significant one i think life on planet groove maceo parker was a very significant one and one that ended up bonding uh let us like some of the first times we jammed uh, with some of the stuff on that record nice um, and when when my high school music teacher gave me a funk mixtape for the very first time I, and I said, why are you giving this to me? And, and he explained that uh, every time we play something kind of funky up in the jazz band, I see you and you light up. That's what he told me. And then he gave me this tape and it started uh, with Tower of Power, Oakland Stroke, parts one and two put together. Nice. And then, I, you know, I went out and searched out Tower and found Back to Oakland, the album that that's on. And, and yeah. so that's me, another huge significant album in my development um i remember van halen 1984 mm-hmm. as the very first record that was given to me as a gift that was my first record and not part of the communal right records that my family had my sister my older sister and my parents and all the records of theirs that i grew up on including like stuff like Stevie Wonder, Inter- uh, Stevie Wonder, Intervis- Intervisions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like one of the very first records that my parents told me they put headphones on me to keep me from crying as a baby. And it worked. Nice. And, uh, and I actually remember during parts when I lived in New York City as a kid, uh, hearing police and, and sirens outside and, and there's that, that section in living for the city where Stevie gets arrested and he used to scare me. I had an emotional response to it as a kid and I remember that emotional response. That's pretty crazy. For sure. So, you know, uh, I would say Inner Visions is right up there for me in these significant records that changed me as a human being. You know? This episode of Rebel Radio is brought to you by Issue. I'm excited to have Issue on the show because I know a lot of you are creatives. You're producing content uh, just like we are. And Issue is a great tool. If you have content to push out and a story to share, it removes a lot of the complexity 
to make your content look amazing, make it easy to share exactly the way you envisioned it. We're actually using it right now. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about it. If we just hit our five-year anniversary. We're producing a little piece on the last five years to share with all of you. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, and we're using Issue to do it because it makes it easy to, we're using their templates, putting everything into a PDF, uh, it allows us to create once and distribute it everywhere on our website, on the social platforms. It'll be on our Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we'll be able to share it with all of you and all of the millions of other people that use Issue as well. Best of all, it's free to get started with Issue. Go to issue.info slash rebel to sign up for your free account. That's I-S-S-U-U dot info slash rebel. To sign up, let them know you heard about it from our show. Remember, that's .info, not .com. Go to issue.info slash rebel and set up your free account today. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. And, it, you know, it's interesting because I think, uh, yeah, there's the records that are around us from our parents, our family, our friends, whatever. And then, and those can have a huge impact on you, right? And then there's those records that are yours. And I think especially at that young age where, you know, where that, that's really meaningful is like, this is, this is my record. I chose it or it was gifted to me or whatever it is. But, uh, but I think you, I think there's a subtle difference in terms of your relationship to that, those records, that music. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's the same for, for kids nowadays because you don't really have that much physical music you know and i mean that was literally like this is physically my record yeah that's my you can't have it <laughs> it's funny i made a I made a big deal of that for my, my my son is 10 and he plays music and you know obviously he's of that streaming generation that you know he, he can have any song at any moment um but, you know, there was a couple of years ago, he was really into Black Sabbath, uh, you know, Iron Man oh. particularly. And so I went yeah. and bought him the vinyl and I gave it to him. And I was like, you know, we have all these thousands of records. This one's yours. And uh, and and yeah, it and it, it was a big deal to him, you know, and it had a, it had kind of a special meaning. Um, and I think that's sure. true of everybody, whether you're whether music is your life or it's just part of your life. You know, it, it has meaning to all of us. And um, and I think those things kind of shape us and, and who we are. Yeah. And, and I think music's going to be very different for everyone in, in their own meanings because I think we have a lot of memories yeah. that we associate with music, especially as we get older. And, and, uh, for sure. Some of, some of those pieces will bring you right back to those points in your life, you know? Whether those points were great, we're not so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, you know, I'm always amazed when I hear a song and it takes me back to a smell or to yeah. a, a feeling or, or a memory. You know, uh, you know, there's some there's some I remember some night out being chased, you know, and going through some some crazy shit. And, and there's there's one song that brings that back to me no matter what. Uh, what song? Uh, Boys in the Hood, because we were yeah. playing it. We were playing it on the way to this party, and the party went all wrong. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, I love that record, but it but it definitely brings 
it brings that memory right back to me as if it was yesterday. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we're touching on what beautiful, some of the beautiful aspects of, of what music does for our lives, which yeah. is, is that it can be a great escape. It can take you on a journey away from where you are right at that moment. For sure. And that's kind of like what, one of the things that keeps me going as far as like wanting to continue to do this music thing is how many people have come and told me and be like, yo, your music has had such a positive effect on my life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and what lettuce has done has enabled me to get through this hard time. And that this song or this, you know, show has a particular meaning for me as far as, you know, uh, something significant in their life. We've had people who have, you know, reached out to us who have had terminal illnesses and told us, like, it, it gets deep, man, you know. Sometimes you don't even realize what you're doing for people because you're out there and you're and you're doing your thing with your homies and, mm-hmm. and you're making music and you get really involved in that moment until someone might come back and relay, Hey man, this is more of the big picture that, that you're, that we're able by, as musicians. And this is true for all of us that we're able to make an impact. Right. I think that music within the past, like 20 years, has been so financially mm-hmm. impacted by internet and streaming that a lot of these musicians who maybe 20, 25, 30 years ago, if they were connecting as much uh, with people then as they did now, they would, they would be selling a lot of records and they would be looked at our society which, you know, really associates, so I think, success with financial success. Sure. If you don't have financial success, success, then it seems like a lot of the American culture has been like, well, you know, maybe one day if you do this right, you'll have it, rather than be like, wow, the, the, these people are giving everything they got to try and, like, do something to help the world. Right. Well, I want to talk about a couple of things you just said because you you, uh, you hit some you know, some profound notes there. Um, but the first thing, so I know you travel around the world and you know interact with different fans and crowds and all over. And so you you just said that as like an American thing. Do you think that that is unique to America, or do you or do you see a different relationship with with fans and and the idea of success in other cultures? You know, I'm not in touch with, like, popular culture people. Okay. All of these Lettuce fans that I've ever interacted with, these are people who have already given, like, dove deep into music. Right. Yeah. These are not your average, everyday listeners. I'm pretty sure anyone who has stumbled upon Lettuce is, like, someone who who has big ears and... You know, listens to a lot of different styles of music and isn't necessarily caught up in strictly only pop radio. 
Right. And, and, and not that there's anything wrong with pop radio. I, I, that's a beautiful art form within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, not what we do and not who our fans are is, is, kind, of, is kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, sure. Um, I think no matter where we go, whether it's the U.S., whether it's, you know, Europe or anything like those aren't your average everyday people. Yeah, so of course. I, I can't really, I can't really make a judgment or statement upon like whether it's American or whether it's not. The only thing that I felt while I traveled across Europe is that some of the places, not all of them, some of them definitely were like, you know, if this is the best, shiniest, newest thing, they're a little bit like, we don't care. The old thing still works. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that went for like a lot of different things, whether it was like, you know, you're in Amsterdam and you're like, well, America has this hydroponic grape. (laughs) We don't want it like that. This is how we do it. And, you know, I don't know. Their whole thing is just, uh, I don't know. I felt different cultures as, as we went through Europe, I felt the French were just so passionate, the passionate people, they scream and yell. Other cultures were a little bit more reserved, a little bit more like classical style, the way you'd listen to music, wait until the end, then applaud. <laughs> sure. You know? which, yeah. which is a, totally another way of, of, of appreciating music and, and, and showing uh, a different style of and culture of appreciation. So how does how does that affect you guys? Do you do you find yourselves, you know, changing the approach to match the culture where you're where you're performing, or is it like we do our thing, and fans just interact with it in different ways depending on who oh, they are? I, I think no matter like just because of where we come from and 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 this, you know the places we grew up playing, like a, some something like a Wally's Cafe where we really, you know. Um, as budding musicians really got lucky enough to play somewhere where you can have that kind of freedom and have a crowd there that is, you know, responsive, Mm -hmm. ultra responsive, in fact. Um, I think we do better when people give us that energy and we're able to be like oh, wow can you feel can you can feel that sure you know what i mean yeah it's, it's tangible and, and and then you can you can do something with that energy and give it back yeah um you know i just think that's how we culturally are are you know that's how we deal with it you mm-hmm. know that's how we that's how we learned it yeah um we like all in response yeah sure sure um, so uh, go go back to something you said earlier. You were talking about your your music teacher um, reading you, right, and seeing how you you responded to to you know certain type of music. Um, so tell me about like the the point where you realized that that was going to be your your path, your career. Um, you know, when, when did that come into view for you? Cause obviously it sounds like you grew up, you know, playing music and music was always part of your life at some point yeah, though, that became the thing, right? The degree of like some of my friends and some of the other guys in lettuce and yeah. some of my colleagues, uh, I was probably more unsure 
than the rest of the guys. Just be frank and be sure. honest with that. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if you grow up with two parents who are music teachers like Adam Deitch and you've been playing music since you've been two years old, right? then like, you know, you, you were probably a little bit more confident and sure in your path in life during the transitional periods of adolescence. Yeah. Where for me, I think I was a little bit more like my parents aren't musicians and I didn't know whether or not you could accomplish um, different aspects in life as a musician that I wanted to, you know, mm -hmm. accomplish. And, and then, you know, meeting Adam's parents, Bobby and Denise Deitch, and, and seeing that you can have a musical family, you know, that definitely opened my eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just happened that during that time, my uncle, who was the professional musician in my family, uh, you know, he he didn't have kids of his own uh, at that point. And maybe I viewed it a little bit as like, if you're a musician, then it's a solo man's life or something like that. And, uh -huh. you know, I was already dealing with a lot, probably a lot of feelings of uh, isolation in some ways and, uh, you know, that I didn't want to imagine myself for the rest of my life yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Having a family was something that I knew was important to me, even, even back then. Sure. Looking in the future, you know. Sure. So how did, um, how did this partnership come together? How did, you know, Lettuce is six guys, right? Um, I, I think by, you know, by any definition, a successful partnership, you've made it work and, and all that. Yeah, um, it's, and, it, and it's changed through the years. We've had different people come and sure. different people go. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, the real basis, this, the story of Lettuce is that, you know, I'm telling you about my vulnerabilities right now as a kid. And, you know, I, I, I don't think a lot of people will, will be willing to share that stuff. But to be honest, like a lot of that stuff is what brought us together that music was the savior for all of us. And that, mm. that was our bond. You know what I mean? However we got to it was totally different, but we happened to meet up at the right times and look at each other and look at each other honestly and be like, wow, music is the savior for this dude too. If it wasn't for music, this dude would probably be a little bit more crazy than he actually is. This is true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for uh, sure. And we really bonded. We really bonded as friends. And, you know, I, I really think that, like, you know, our friendship is the bond of this group. And uh, I think as time goes on, we realize truly how lucky we are to have a relationship that's lasted this long, to have a band that's lasted this long, to be able to eat from it, yeah. to be able to put roof over our heads from it, you know, you realize as time goes on how difficult the journey really is for most humans, mm -hmm. uh, for most musicians. We know so many musicians who are so uber talented and, you know, don't kind of get the same notoriety as us. And yeah. because of, and, and, you know, all these things add up and, and you kind of feel them and you're like, wow, 
You know, we're, I'm just a little tiny piece in this cog of, you know, spirituality and, and music and what brings us all together. And I'm lucky to be here and I'm lucky to do my part. You know, mm. that's it. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's great. I, um, you know, I think every, uh, you know, every great musician, every great band uh, is you know, has a certain amount of magic. That's, you know, what I would call where, where, you know, talent meets luck and, and, and all of that. Right. But, um, but I, you know, I think I love what you said because it's like, usually people think it's about it, that it's the music, right. That it's the, it's the musical talent that kind of gets you to where you're going. And you pointed out, there's lots of really talented musicians who are not professionals they're not so you know many. successful in, in that way uh, you know as far as careers and so and and I really don't think it's that I think it's I think the talent obviously is important but I don't think that's the magic I think the I think it's something else and you know if I'm hearing you you know it sounds like it's the chemistry and the vulnerability of you guys coming together and and uh you know somehow giving each other what what you each needed yeah yeah um you know i'm proud to be able to not just play with these incredible musicians but but to really be like these are incredible people yeah and uh you know i really love each and every one of the guys in, in lettuce and i don't know if everyone can say that if you're in a band you know so if you were if if you were if you met six young guys right now who were thinking of coming together as a band, is there anything you would tell them to do differently than what you guys did? Yeah, 100%. And I'd be like, yo, you, we are in different times right now than how we came up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and in the same way that, like, we might have been looking at people like fish or the grateful dead in that like, Oh, okay. You can, you can come up and have play for huge audiences and never really have hits on the radio. Right. Yeah. That, that, that was kind of like our big mind blowing moment at a fish show. Like, Oh my God, these dudes have never had a major hit on there. Look at this. Can you believe that you, you can build this. It's unbelievable. Right? Yeah. It's like kind of wake up moment and you know the grateful dead with tapers and and letting people in where a lot of musicians during that time period would be like oh uh who, who who's putting out the tape uh who owns the rights to the tape uh right. am i getting money from the tape you, you know what i mean like that whole mentality just kind of flipping it into being like hey the more people who know about you the more notoriety you have which is the more power you have, the more notoriety you have because you can draw more people. Sure. And draw is your power. And now you have bands today, and I tell these young kids, you better be looking at the Wolfpacks of the world who weren't gigging 24-7, who weren't driving six hours to New Hampshire in a small van mm -hmm. to play for 25 people. They used the internet in order to spread their, you know, their gospel and, and, and have their voices heard. And, uh, 
And I just think like, wow, why would you do the six hour drive to New Hampshire to open up for some band where you're going to play in front of 35 people, right. 15 of which didn't want to listen to you anyway. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why even do that when you can get online now and put out your product online on YouTube and by the end of three weeks, you've had, you know, 6,000 views on it. So, th- so, and then all of a sudden you've touched, you know, 5,000 people versus, and you spent your time doing that right. versus doing that. Right. I would just say spend your time doing things that are going to reach as many people. That's the goal. It was always to reach people. And back in the day, you had to work really hard to reach people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work as hard nowadays to reach people. And you have to find your niche and get in there and, you know, find your specific way of doing it. Right. Which is going to be different than the way we did it. And it's probably going to be different than the way Wolfpack did it. And it's probably going to be different than, you know, each person is going to have to find some new, different angle to capture the attention of the masses. Yeah, or, I mean. Or the masses, or the musically educated masses, or whatever it may be. I mean, I think that's a great insight, talk. you know, that, you know, you can't really copy someone else's business model, right? You can, you can no. learn from them. And you can be yes. inspired, but you got to really find your own thing. And I think, you know, people forget that uh, in, in life and especially in music and creative work. Right. Um, but, you know, talk, talk, let's talk a little bit more about what you just said, because obviously in 2020, um, no one's driving six hours to go perform for anybody. No, but, I think they, they still are. Well, I think they still are. Oh, well, right, right at this moment. That's what I mean. Is right now, right? Okay. And so, so I right. think, I think, no, no, right. Totally, right. And so the, so exact, you know, what you just said, I think, is great advice for last year. It's essential for this year, right? In, in terms of being able to connect with people online, and and I think, yeah. you know, I'm having arguments. Not, I don't know if arguments is the right word, but you know, I think it's an ongoing conversation about. Um, Certainly connecting with people through a screen is different than being sweaty in the room together, right? Um, And I think, you know, some people that are more set in their ways are having a harder time seeing the value in that. And, you know, uh, my perspective is more like, well, first of all, you don't have a choice right now. So you might as well jump in with both feet and and do the best you can. In the Wolfpack model, if you were a fan of theirs, you didn't really have a choice either. What would you have three shows in total in, in the year of like 2018 or before they did Madison Square Garden? Yeah. So it was kind of the same thing. It was, they, they withheld. Yeah. And they built all this interest. And no, it wasn't the same. That's why they were able to sell out Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. because they had that many people who were ready for the real thing. That's great. You know, and it's not going to work like that for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, I think you're you're 100% right. Everybody has to find their own way that works for them, that works for their fans. And and that's a unique relationship every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about funk. Uh, I said about funk. 
All right, let's talk about funk. Um, you know, for me, like that's that's you know the music I grew up with, whether it was, you know, Cool and the Gang to Gap Band to Johnny Guitar Watson, uh, you know, all of that, and then, you know, and then, you know, and then I connected with, with hip hop, and that kind of diverted my path, and then I saw those coming to get back together. Right. And, you know, for me, and I think a lot of, especially people younger than me, like the introduction to funk was through hip hop. And I was, um, I had Too Short on the show recently and he, you know, he defines himself as a funk musician, probably as much as or more than he does a rapper. Um, and, And so I, you know, for me, I think it's so interesting that, you know, it touches every genre that there's funk and rock, there's funk and jazz, there's funk and soul, there's funk and hip hop. Um, and, and I think there's something kind of unique about that. Is that, does any of that make sense? Sure. That makes as I mean, you're, you're preaching right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, you know, and- no, no, I, I, I feel so akin to what you're saying. First of all, I am in that generation of people where funk and hip hop are intertwined. Yeah. That, you know, a lot of us, we were the kids who were after you heard a hip hop song and then you were in the record store and you're going through the old funk and soul albums and you're like, oh, my God, that's the original sample from where that came from. For sure. I'm buying this now who's on this record okay this record has steve gadd and wah wah watson what other records have steve gadd and wah wah watson you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just and that's how we did it back and that's how you went through crates of records hoping to find for sure those gems right and maybe find a gem that no one's else has ever found before and maybe you're going to be the next Timberland, or, or <laughs> big hip hop producer. You know, we all wanted that. Every single one of us wanted that. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, um, so when one of the things I, you know, uh, you, you know, just listening to your music, you know, it reminded me that like the the sort of futility of genres, right? And we, you know, we yeah. talk, and it, it's so I don't know. It, this is something I wrestle with in life because i think you know labeling things is really useful because it helps us organize it helps us find stuff you know to your point you hear that sample you kind of need to know what section of the record store to go looking in right um but at the same time it's also it's also so flawed right and and uh you know i think this idea that you're a funk band, not a rock band, or a funk band, not a jazz band, or right, a right. funk artist, not a hip hop artist, right? And those can both be true, you know, equally. And yeah, we- I, you know, I have this whole spiel that I did for the last record, where 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 it's kind of like I'm a big NBA guy. I love the modern NBA. I, I love um, how they refer to today's basketball as positionless basketball. Right. Right. Where you have a center who might be leading the team in passing and three point shooting. Mm-hmm. Right. And you might have uh, a, a guard who's leading the team in rebounding. Right. Yeah. So 
you know, everyone is supposed to be able to pass. Everybody is supposed to be able to shoot. Everybody is supposed to be able to dribble. You know, it's positionless, just like our music might at times be genreless. Mm-hmm. That we can play every position mm-hmm. of music. That you know, not every, but you know, we're, we try sure. and be as versatile as possible. We all want to be chameleons, right? Uh, and I think everyone in Lettuce is so good stylistically being able to play to a certain era or to a certain music funk genre. You know what I'm saying? Regional funk genre. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I also like to look at the country sometimes as, as like, oh, okay, th- this area sounds like this. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whether that be like the East Bay sound of like the Tower of Power, Mike Clark, Herbie Hancock, Headhunters, whether it's, you know, that like L.A. sound, maybe like that Earth, Wind & Fire mm-hmm. production, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or maybe that Ohio sound of like Bootsy Collins or the Ohio Players or Maybe it's that Minneapolis sound of Prince or Morris Day in the Time. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you can keep going and uh, really kind of break down culturally. You know, all, not all funk music is the same. It's pretty different. You know, New Absolutely. Orleans completely. New Orleans funk is completely different than Minneapolis funk, yeah. you know. But there's all these things that binds it all together. So how do how do you guys then think about that? You know what you just said. How do you, how does that apply to to lettuce and the lettuce sound or lettuce funk? I mean, I think that we try and touch on on all those influences for us, you know, because we love them. Yeah. And when you love something, you you want to reproduce it or make your own version of it or pay tribute to it. You know, I think everybody does that in their own way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that on the new on the new record. I know there's, um, sorry, I forget the name, but I know there's like an Ethiopian, uh, you know, jazz song that you guys dove into. Um, I know you have Everybody Who Wants to Rule the World, uh, which, you know, for me, like, you know, that's a great example. Like that's an old song that I love and, and it, but it's all new, you know, it it wasn't like a remake where you're trying to, to, uh, you know, just bring it back for the radio or whatever. It was like you guys doing your thing within that context. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically that's, that's Nigel and Deitch's arrangement of that tune. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've been, uh, for a lot of the tunes on the record, we'd actually been performing for a while. And we, we, we needed, we, we really needed to get into the studio and it showed when we got there too, because we ended up recording so much material that it ended up becoming part of this next record. Yeah. That's come out too. Cool. Um, yeah. And, and, and we'll probably end up being some of even the next record after that. We recorded something like 30 tunes, 30 wow. something songs or 30 something ideas or, yeah. Whatever you want. 
Talk, talk about that a little bit. You know, you were talking earlier about the difference between what you guys do and the sort of pop, you know, pop music machine, right? Um, so in that model, you write songs, you record them so that you can go out and tour them and make your money that way, right? But, but they want, if you're a pop star, like you want people to hear the songs first and then you want them to buy tickets to see you perform them. Everyone to hear our songs first before we play them. Too. No, it's really not that different. I'm not. I, I think when I say that we're different from being pop artists, that's not even really that true. That's a part of all of us as well. Sure. Gio has played on a ton of pop songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Deitch has produced pop songs with right. some of the biggest pop artists in the world. You know. I've played for pop artists. I've recorded for pop artists. That's another part of who we are as musicians. It's just not what lettuce happens to be at this moment in time. Sure. And it's not that I don't think that we could end up making something that could cross over into the pop world because I think one day we could. Mm-hmm. And it would be still true to exactly who we all are. If you're digging this one and you want to stick with the funk, Uh, Go back to one of our very early episodes. Different style of funk for sure, but the band Tuxedo, Mayor Hawthorne and Jake One were among my first guests, and we talked about the kind of funk they were making. So you can go back and check that out. When you work on some of those other projects... How's the approach different than coming together as Lettuce to make a record? Oh, I mean, every musical situation is going to be different. Um, Okay. For all of those situations, for me personally, I've always been like way more of a background. The artist doesn't know me that well. I've been hired to come in here and and Mm -hmm. place myself generally through the producer. Um. And I don't really think the approach is that much different. You're just always trying to play the most musical thing possible for the music in front of you. You know, you're trying to find a part that works for the song, whether it's a pop tune, whether it's a funk tune, makes no difference. It's all music. Yeah. You're just always trying to play the right thing for the music. Yeah. And I think for the pop sessions, that I've been part of, it's always been like, you know, I'm more of a squeaky voice. Like, hey guys, what if, what if maybe this? Oh, shit. Okay, sorry. Well, <laughs> what if you suggested? Okay, now we're doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You, you, I'm not walking on eggshells around the lettuce guys. Right. Everyone really respects the other person's ideas which is really refreshing and really awesome in a musical setting you know like when if jesus were to tell me like my guitar line weren't funking i'd be like damn that's coming from him he's gotta be right right i'm i gotta change what i'm playing yeah you know i mean that's such good life lesson right that you know, when you're around, when you have that trust and that relationship with people, you can go, yo, that's whack. 
try this or, or I'm not feeling it or whatever. And then with a stranger or someone that you don't have that relationship with, you know, I if think you say that, you might ruin your relationship with them for sure. But, um, but at the same time, if you don't say anything, maybe they don't, you don't get anywhere. And so I think, right. I think there's a right. right, you know, I love what you just said of like, Hey, sorry, you know, what about this? Right. Or you, you can, you can like, you can, you could soften it in a way that maybe makes it uh, uh, more acceptable to somebody who doesn't have that relationship with you. And to kind of, you know, I always say like, you wanted them to feel like it was their idea. Yeah. And, and you got to kind of whisper it in their ear. Right. As, as a hired musician, there's not even room for your ideas. Either. Fair enough. And, and sometimes the other person's ideas are that solid. You're not even needed to come. I'm there to play some guitar. Right. They're not, they don't want my ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. At time, depending on the session. I mean, that happened with me. I, I did a Robin Thicke session with him. And I thought Robin, I don't know. He just impressed me so much. And uh, uh, as far as being like someone who would, who would get in your ear mm -hmm. and be like, hey, man, can you play it more like this? Mm -hmm. And then sing it exactly how he wanted it to be played, note for note. And if you were wrong by one note, he'd be like, no, not da-da, da-da. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, know, right. Um, That's great. I, I had an experience like that with him where I was like, yo, my, these are more, this is more about him having an idea and you helping it get out. Mm -hmm. So every, you know, there's always different roles to be played in, in a musical setting. And, you know, it's, it's pretty important to be able to read what people want or what people need from you at that time. I mean, like I said, I think that's true in all of life, right? Like sometimes you got to step up and be a leader. Sometimes you got to fall back and be a follower. And uh, sometimes you got to be a little bit of both. Yeah, absolutely. And, we, yeah. We, and, we, and sometimes we have trouble adjusting those roles, right? Yes. Yeah, so, and, and sometimes you're lucky enough to be around like the guys in Lettuce who make you feel comfortable enough as a human being and as a musician to, to play all, all the roles at different times. You so, know? so how does that work in the band? Tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, that partnership. Um, Cause you know, essentially you have five business partners. I know you guys do other things, you know, on your own as well. Um, but maybe, you know, what, What's the best and the worst thing about having five business partners? And um, there's nothing worse about it. It's you great. Know, I'm constantly being inspired to keep working, to keep moving, to keep moving forward. There's times I think as a human being where like you kind of want to shut down a little bit, and these guys are going to be like, "Yo, no, there's no shutting down. We got to do this. We got to do this." <laughs> You know, they're, they're, it's kind of like lettuce is this has this momentum, this rolling ball getting bigger and bigger, getting down this hill, and you know, there's no time for you to be complacent about it as a woman. Yeah, you always need to like, you know, if there's a rock in the way of that ball, you got to move it out of the way. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to make sure that this keeps keeps rolling keeps moving yeah um and i think having partners that like 
are as creative and intelligent and fun to be around as these guys. It just makes you want to do it. Makes you want to do it. You know? There's other people like musicians you might be like, yeah, let's do it. And you never do it. Right. But, you know, it's just I, I, I always want to come correct for these guys. Mm -hmm. I, I never want to, like, bring an idea that's whack. I always feel inspired to try and bring the best of, you know, I think we all feel that we want to bring the best of ourselves to this situation. Sure. And, and the best part about it is these guys inspire you, the best parts of yourself musically. Mm. Um, you know, I want to bring the funkiest parts of myself to these guys because I know they're going to appreciate it. I love that. Yeah. Uh, you know, thinking about momentum, I know you guys got a, a Grammy nomination last year. Um, what what does that do for for momentum? Wow, I mean, how do you even put that into words? Uh, it was like an injection of just enthusiasm into the tour that we were on right at that moment, and just realizing that again, that people appreciate you, yeah. that you're helping people out, that you're changing some lives and for it to be that concrete, I don't know, man, it's, it, it's, it was one of the most moving experiences of uh, my life. And I think of our life as lettuce, as it, you know, that's a career highlight, hundred percent. That's amazing. So, so do you guys, you know, when that happens, do you guys come together and like, is there a sense of like, you know, how do we capitalize on this? Or is it more just like, let's keep doing what we're doing that adds some fuel to the fire? I mean, I think there's just a part of us which is like, hey, if we could get recognized once, we can get recognized again. Yeah. So, you know, I think the people who won in our category had already been nominated nine times and hadn't won before that. Wow. I think Christian Scott in our category nominated five times or yeah. something, something, something like that. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, we're all out here. We're all just trying to do our thing. And I really felt that community mm. at the Grammys, you know, nice. That we were all that we were all a musical family, and we're all just trying to do the best with what we have, and and you know make a difference for the time that we're here. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so uh, what what are you most excited about now? What is what's the rest of the year look like, and what are you? I'm, I'm excited for people to hear the rest of the record comes out on May eighth. Nice. Um, I'm excited. I'm working uh with the rest of the guys and this uh really cool animator right now um on a on a video for the new song uh, for one of the new songs on the record nice and uh i'm excited to be teaching lessons and we have a lot of excited talented young uh people who listen to lettuce and you know to 
to be talking to them back and forth and giving lessons and seeing how much young talent there is in the world right now is really inspiring. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, some of my students are just kind of like, wow, they're so good. They're so young. They're so good. I can't even believe it. Where are you teaching? Right here. Just like this. Okay. Just, just like this. <laughs> just like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think if you go to the Lettuce website or the Lettuce Facebook page or our Lettuce Instagram, you'll find links for Lettuce Teach. Oh, cool. And, uh, and we're all offering lessons. You can go get a drum lesson from Adam Deitch. You can go get a bass lesson from Jesus Coombs. You can go get a piano or voice lesson from Mr. Nigel Hall, you know, trumpet and, uh, from Bloom and horn lessons from Zoidus and guitar lessons from me. And I think each one of us have something to offer um, no matter what level of musicianship you're at at that moment, whether it be, uh, you know, just instruments or talking about production or how to, how to move forward, you know? I mean, I think that's great. Obviously, you know, everybody has to figure out how to stay creatively engaged right now while we're locked in our homes and, sure. you know, not able to be around the people we're used to being around or, or do those things. Yeah. And I think, you know, I love that, that you guys are, are, you know, giving to people and I'm sure also getting a lot yourselves by, you know, and, and behind the scenes we're we're all sending around ideas and working from home and yeah. working on new songs and uh you know, still trying to collaborate with each other. Yeah. And uh, we're lucky enough that we live in an era now that we can actually do it and Amazing. all have the technology at home to be able to, you know, put a guitar part down and put a bass part down and put a guitar part down and send it on to the next guy. Yeah, I mean, imagine if we were still uh, had our fax machines in our in our houses, trying to trying to communicate with with each other. Sure, imagine right. we had no electricity. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Crazy. Um, yeah. Well, uh, let me let me do a, a quick lightning round before I let you go. Um, All right, lightning round. Lightning round. What's your favorite city yeah. to travel to? All of them. Okay. No, I don't know. I don't have a favorite city. There's the dude. You don't have if to. You've been in the world. It's so big. I just went to Europe. Every city was incredible and mind blowing. I Barcelona came to mind. Nice. I loved Barcelona. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I love. It's it's the it's it's my favorite city. I haven't been to yet. It's like the one that I hear most from people that I haven't made it to yet. Um, yeah. No, no. Any of the other cities? I love you all for sure. Who's your favorite DJ? DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yes, we mine too. We had so much fun with him at the, at, at the Super Jam for Bonnaroo that one year, man. He's definitely one of my favorite DJs in the world. Jeff's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what's the last great book you read? Ooh. <sighs> Sleeping, Dreaming, and Dying. Oh, that sounds That sounds big. Yeah, it's, it's it's a uh it's a book about transcendental meditation. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Are you are you a meditator? When 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 I feel up to it, I'm not. <laughs> I don't practice regularly. It's something that I do sometimes on my own. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? The Empire Strikes Back. Ah, oh, nice. Nice. That's probably the best of the series, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? To be... Wow. There's, there's a lot of, like, I'm torn. I think my normal answer would be, like, to be able to fly. Yeah. I think, like, on another level, I'm being, like, to be immune to spreading or getting COVID and just being able to leave my house and do anything without any repercussions whatsoever. I can do anything, no repercussions. I mean, that would kind of feel like flying, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. So it's kind of the same answer. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. Uh, last one. If, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? If you worked for me, something you would hear over and over well you'd work for lettuce and if you worked for lettuce you would live on our tour bus and if you lived on our tour bus you might come in the back lounge every once in a while when i wake up early in the morning and i might ask you you want to take an early morning dab with means yeah i love it See? Yeah. See, you would join in. I love it. I'm always up for that. Um, dude, thank you for doing this, man. It was so much fun talking to you. Dude, thank you for having us, man. We really appreciate you and uh, having us on and, um, you know, keeping us relevant during these times. No, thank absolutely, so man. I love what y'all are doing. Keep doing it. And uh, hopefully someday we'll all meet in person. No, that's going to happen, man. It's not, it's not if, but when. Nice. Thank you, man. All right, thank you. Peace. Peace. Yeah, that was Adam from Lettuce, a.k.a. Schmeens, on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, you know, you can hit us on Twitter, Facebook. I guess that's it. Let us know what you thought. Shoot us some questions, some feedback. I'd love to know what's on your mind. Uh, everything is at Rebel Radio Net. We have episodes on YouTube, uh, videos from, from a lot of our shows are showing up on YouTube. So check out youtube.com slash rebel radio net. And most importantly, come back next week for more rebel radio. Peace.